Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Here we go. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. In today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about um, things that, you know, I guess not the most, uh, not the most, uh, what's the right word? Not, not, the, not the sexiest things to talk about, you know, like talking about types of trucks and equipment and services and all that, that I get like the most listens, you know, downloads out of all my episodes and then obviously certain guests as well, but it's all about the topics, right? But, um, this one is just important to me and, and it just kind of, as most of my IBG in between guest episode, you know, AKA solo episode topics are stuff that's just kind of fresh on my mind or things I just jotted down, uh, over time, but they're always things that, that are relevant to me in the moment that I'm either recording it right now or, you know, it happened in the past and I wrote it down so that I wouldn't forget just relevant things from, you know, from my business, from running my business from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, and so on. And some of my personal life mixed in with that as well, because they kind of will go hand in hand a lot of times. Uh, but so, I mean, very specifically, <clears throat> there's things that are very important to our business, no matter whether we're solo or we have employees and we, we don't always realize that at the time, you know, because we're, we're, when we start off, we don't have a whole lot of in, indispensable, you know, income money or whatever, which we never really have money to just throw away. Right. That should never be a thing. Like we, we, we never, if we're all, if we always say, Oh, you know, we'll wait till we have more money or we'll wait until this or that, th- those things never come those days that those times never come, unfortunately. So we always have to make these decisions the best that we can, when we can, when we think it's, the best and wisdom is hard to come by. Wisdom is what you really need for those kind of decisions. You know, experience, training, skills, talent, all that's great. But wisdom is something that really only comes with time. Um, it's kind of all the things I just said blended together to, to mature into wisdom, you know, knowing like you can know that, Hey, in order to grow your business, you need, you know, this type of setup and these amount of employees. And, you know, in order to have, X amount of employees, you know, you need to make this much in revenue or, you know, all these different things, these services, you need to do this and this, and that. you can have all this stuff figured out or, or a peer or mentors, you know, really uh, break it down for you. But it always comes down to wisdom for yourself to know if it's right for you and the right timing for you and so on and so forth. But anyway, all that to say, um, and when we first start our business and even throughout our business, there's always going to be different 
tough decisions, difficult decisions, challenging things that we have to do and, and, and decisions, decisions to make and so on. And, and it can definitely be tough and wisdom plays a huge part in that. And just taking chances ultimately and learning from failures and obviously successes and, and just keep moving forward. And there's a lot of little things that could be detrimental to your business if you didn't do them, like insurance, for example, right? You know, paying your taxes, you know, having having your business license to begin with so you're legit. You know, when, when you first start out, you probably know about these things or maybe you don't even think about them at all. You don't know about them or whatever. Uh, and, and if you do know about them, you're just not really focusing on them because maybe you don't know if this is going to be, if this is going to work out. So you don't want to invest all this money and, you know, uh, all this business stuff and, you know, website and insurance and license and all these things maybe seem a little intimidating to you when you don't really have any money or much money and you're just trying to kind of bootstrap it and, and start from, from ground zero and, and see how it works out. And, and that's all fine and dandy. I, I, that, I did similar things myself when I was doing it part-time, you know, I, I was just kind of dabbling in it and to see how it would go with a handful of yards while I was still working full-time in retail management. And that was extremely challenging, but at least I knew if I, I felt at that time, if I could uh, go all in, I could probably make a good business out of it, you know, full-time into uh, lawn care, lawn maintenance. So but I mean, I didn't start off like that with insurance or paying taxes or any, any of that kind of stuff. It was, you know, it, which is kind of similar to a lot of folks, but you know, my, my first year full time, I wanted to make sure that I, I was doing the right things and I didn't have employees. So I didn't even worry about workers comp or I didn't even have general liability starting off. That was something that, you know, is another elusive thing that people don't know about or don't, you know, don't care about or don't think that they can afford it um, until they need it. Right that's kind of how insurance is. You don't, you don't even think about it until, you know, you need it. Like you, you know, you don't use it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you, you hopefully will never use it, but you want to have it if you need it, I guess is what I was trying to say, but it is what it is. It costs money just like everything else, but it is part of a business expense that you should be factoring in and, and planning and preparing for that. Even from year one, you know, if you're going to have employees, especially you need to have all the insurances, general liability and workers comp. And so on, because there's so many horror stories uh, that could happen and that I've heard of in the past as well of, of just tragic, tragic things happening, you know, uh, employees getting seriously injured or even killed um, on, on the job site and, and insurance was lapped or didn't even exist. And now that's just a whole mess. Basically, that business is like, you know, just kind of goes bankrupt after that because they're they don't have insurance and they're spent stuck paying like, you know million dollars probably or something to the, to the family and all that stuff. So it's, it can get crazy. And, and it seems like it shouldn't be that serious if you're just cutting grass, but you just never know. You could damage property. You could damage other people, you know, other people, you know, other people's property, other people's bodies, you know, that you can injure other people, not just employees. So even if you're solo and you're like, Oh, I'll never have to worry about that. Well, you could still accidentally injure innocent bystanders uh, as well as, any homeowners, you know, like maybe they just came home or they just walked out their, their house oblivious to the fact that you're cutting grass or, or trimming or something and you fling a rock in their eye or something crazy, you know, and that that could really be damaging to them, stuff like that. So, you know, of, of course, breaking windows and property damage, that's obviously a big deal too. And of in a lot of ways, you could just fix that yourself with or without insurance. Like sometimes it's better to not even claim it on insur in insurance if it's, if, if it's going to be the same amount 
anyway, you know, to, to get it, to go through insurance, get it replaced, then you might as well just, you know, in some cases I know people will just do it themselves and not even claim, file an insurance claim because it'll end up just increasing their insurance premium because they made a claim. Every time you make a claim, it's just going to go up because they think you're a liability or, you know, you're a risky uh, business to do business with to insure. So, but it's good to have it in case some, you know, some more damage other than a window, you know, did happen like personal injury or just somehow some sort of property damage that's just worse in a window. I mean, we're just talking about mowing lawns that, that, that can't be too much more frequent than a broken window. But some, sometimes maybe, maybe you broke a window on the house. Like that's like, you know, half the wall, you know, how some houses have these huge wide open, you know, sunrooms or something, you know, with the big grand piano in it or something, you know, these big fancy houses and the windows are massive and they're massively expensive. So that's probably not something that you would want to tackle on your own out of pocket. You know, you, you probably would want to claim insurance on that, even though, you know, you're going to have to, you know, bite the bullet on increasing your premium, but at least, you know, you're still saving money in the long run on getting it repaired and all that. And, and, and the, the, you know, the insurance company will take care of it anyway. They'll get someone out there to take care of it. So you don't have to worry about finding people and are they good and are they going to rip me off, you know, with, with high prices or whatever. So definitely in a pinch or in serious situations, you know, when you're in a bind, uh, insurance definitely comes in handy to have that. And, and you kind of need it in a lot of cases to, to, to protect yourself and your business. So, but that's, those are things that you don't really think about when you're first starting out or, or if you do, like I said, you're just kind of like, all right, well, you know, I only have like 20 lawns right now or something. I'm all by myself. Like, I'm just going to try and see what I can get, get accomplished here. I'm not going to worry about this other stuff right now, but you need to worry about it as soon as possible because as you, as you start to grow, if you want to grow and start to grow, it's just going to make, it's going to make things more challenging for you to go backwards. So I always try to set my foot, I put my, uh, my, my, uh, what's the word I'm trying to, anyway, I, oh, my best foot forward. There you go. So I was trying to <laughs> try to say, uh, early here in the morning recording this one, but anywho, um, just trying to always try to put my best foot forward and try to think big, but stay small. So even though I wasn't planning on being a million dollar business, at all, let alone, you know, year one, I still wanted to think like I was going to be one or like maybe they think. And, you know, as I got or surround, uh, as I met more folks in the community and was kind of surrounding myself with other folks that have done, you know, bigger and better things and have been in the business a lot longer, obviously, when I was just starting out, I was new. So I was trying to just learn as much as I could from anyone that, that had that experience and whether they were a million dollar business or not, they were, you know, typically doing more in revenue than I was, unless they were just starting out solo like me. And sometimes there's good things to learn from each other too, bounce ideas off each other and little tips and tricks that we can help each other out with. But the bigger companies, I would definitely try and incorporate some of the things that made sense to me for my business and kind of filter it down onto my level. Like, okay, they've got, you know, 20 employees and I've got zero, but how do I prepare for, you know, a couple employees? Like I would, you know, like I would, was the first step, you know, when I went from solo to employees, I wanted to have a couple of part-timers, you know, so I had some flexibility and variety and, and just in case, you know, if we have bigger, the bigger mulch jobs, things like that, there's three of us instead of two. And I'm not, you know, depending on one part-timer or a full-timer to show up, you know, every day or four days or whatever out of the week every morning for work. And if they don't, then I'm screwed and blah, blah, blah. But at least if I have two, then I kind of have a backup and so on and so forth. So that was kind of my philosophy with that. 
But again, it's, you know, just trying to think big, but stay small. Okay, well, let's prepare. Like, how, how would I go about hiring employees? What are some ways to hire them and interview them? Or first, you know, finding them, getting them to, how do I get them to apply? You know, how do I get job, find job applications? And that the whole process, you know, I mean, there's so many little nuances, which a lot of that I learned from retail management, you know, that helped me. Like I knew that kind of like the steps. So if, if you've never been in anything like that before, any kind of management, you, you really wouldn't have much of a clue. So you're kind of really researching a little bit more from scratch. But, you know, I, I was trying to figure these things out before I even had employees. You know, how do I pay them? Um, you know, and insurances, you know, looking into workers comp and general liability way before I even needed it. I mean, you should have general liability from day one just to protect your business, but you know, above and beyond that workers comp, when you have employees, you, you know, workers comp just for yourself is advised unless you already have your own insurance. Of course, like if you're, you know, covered under your spouse, maybe insurance, or you just have, you know, um, individual insurance, you know, like or independent insurance just for yourself. And, and so on, you know, there's obviously other ways to insure yourself, but workers comp is just kind of a, definitely a fail safe there for you. And, and I, I've been saying so much about workers comp because that is a, a bigger topic uh, or, or a specific thing that I wanted to mention that, that has recently affected me because, um, one, I learned a lot about, you know, what, what, what can happen. Like I said, some horror stories of if you don't have workers comp or if you let it lapse and, and so on, uh, some of the insurance companies that I talked to when I was trying to find a good insurance company for workers comp, getting my quotes, getting all the information about what workers comp covers and doesn't cover and different types of plans and all that in my area um, and what's required by law and so on and so forth. How many employees, how many hours, how's this work? How's the billing? You know, what, what, what are the, you know, what's the premium and all that kind of stuff. And all that options, you know, I learned a lot from, from those, those uh, companies telling me different things. So now, well, I actually, right b- b- before I say that, before I say now or go into now, uh, along that process, I was able to find an insurance management company, I guess, insurance brokers, whatever the technical names are, where it's basically, you know, a company that connects, um, you know, uh, and the insured like myself you know, to connect small businesses to insurance companies. Like they're like the, the in-between. They're the ones that kind of have certain companies for certain things, uh, insurance companies for certain things that they can recommend to the different small businesses, depending on what their insurance needs are and what kind of, what their businesses are and what's covered and what's not and so on and so forth. Like not, not every insurance company covers the same things. Not everyone is the, not every company is the right fit for different, for every business and so on and so forth. So, you know, like it's hard, for example, to find insurance companies that cover arborists, you know, all the tree, tree workers, tree care. That's, it's a highly uh, risky job. You know, it's safety is, is huge and there's a lot more accidents. And when there are, it's a lot more damaging, a lot more money involved with hospital bills and property damage if things do happen or go wrong, which unfortunately when you're cutting down trees, you know, things are tend, tend to do go wrong every now and again. And the goal is obviously to be as safe as possible and minimize as much as possible. But sometimes things just get, you know, it's nature. You're dealing with cutting down massive trees versus just cutting grass or something. It's, it, it can be unpredictable sometimes. So I know there's certain things like that that are a higher risk type service that are hard to find insurance companies to even cover that, let alone, you know, find good bargains and all that kind of stuff. So 
that's just one, you know, one of many examples of the differences and like an insurance broker or whatever they're called. I don't remember off the top of my head. They are able to, you know, kind of figure that out for you. You know, you, you like to, so, and the insurance companies are paying them for getting them more clients, right? So you're not paying the insurance broker uh, to my knowledge, anyway, I, I'm not, you know, I, I, uh, paying more to my insurance, you know, broker to find me, you know, the right insurance or to have signed me up and help me communicate with them and all that. It, it's the insurance companies that's paying them because they're the ones that are helping them, helping the insurance companies find more work and so on. But anyway, I just say all that to say that, you know, so I, I, I discovered, you know, someone like that. And I've been working with them for years, ever since I started, you know, having employees and getting workers comp and all that, probably what, like five years ago now it's been going on. And, you know, it's been the same person, fortunately, and we've, we've had a relationship, um, you know, an evolving, built up a relationship over the years. And, you know, she'll send me texts, um, and emails when things need to be done, like at the end of the year, you know, like there's, uh, you know, you have to do your, your, uh, your audit every year, um, to, to see, you know, compare, all the information, you know, for over the year to, to what they have, you know, your number of employees, you know, their names, um, you know, their positions, all that stuff. Any, if any uh, claims were filed and you know, how many hours did everyone get? And cause all that stuff is relevant to your insurance policy, you know, like it's all based on certain amount of hours, certain amount of employees, so on and so forth, type of services you offer and all these things. Um, so they're always auditing that every year. And sometimes you have to end up paying more, um, to, to kind of meet the numbers for the year, or sometimes you get a refund, you know, because you didn't, you know, it's just an estimate at the beginning of the year, how much, you know, you're going to really need, how much employees are going to, how much payroll basically you're going to use throughout the year. You don't even know that as the owner, right? You, you can just, you can kind of budget it in and, 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 and kind of estimate, like I said, but you don't know until the year is over. I mean, with people calling out or all of a sudden you get busier, you need to hire more people, whatever, like people come and go, like, um, you know, that's, that's not something that's as predictable. So it's always an estimate. So it's the same thing with workers comp. So at the end of the year, they got to reevaluate, audit all that and, and make sure all the numbers line up. And then you kind of use that data to come up with a new estimate, um, or, you know, the, the most current estimate going into the new year. But so that's just some, you know, like I said, non-sexy stuff, just real kind of behind the scenes bare, you know, uh, n- numbers and type stuff like that. But, you know, can be perceived boring, but it's definitely critical to your business, depending on how big you are, what you do and how many employees, if you have employees and so on. But something, if you're thinking of that down the road, this is something that I just wanted to kind of share. One of the things that I wanted to share to help get you guys thinking about that or kind of putting the pedal on the metal a little bit. If, if you, if you have been kind of dragging your feet up, procrastinating, procrastinating a little bit on it, or if you didn't even know, just kind of give you some exposure to it. But the fact that, you know, the, the, the ease of um, having someone to help you with the insurance companies, it just means it's so much quicker and easier for me to shoot a text to her, you know, or email her and we can just go back and forth the same day versus trying to call like some 800 number in an insurance company, depending on if it's like a big, you know, like Allstate or something, or if it's something a little more local, you know, and they have a little local office, there might just be a direct number that you can call, even like Allstate or something like that. They might have, you know, they have different branches and they might have like a local number that you can call a local branch where you can just kind of get directly to someone, you know, their receptionist or somebody answers the phone and, and you can hopefully get some answers. But a lot of times, you know, that the, when even, even still with that, they're, 
you know, who, whoever it is that you're trying to talk to is with another client, they're on the phone, they're in a meeting, this and that, and you got to leave messages and, you know, then you end up playing phone tag or email tag or whatever. But, you know, with, with, with my, uh, in my situation, I'm able to just text her and she responds very, very, uh, promptly, at least within the same day, we kind of hash things out and we get, I get my questions answered. She gets hers answered and so on. And, and then she deals with working through the stuff with the insurance company because she's the one in the office. She's the one that has a little, you know, you're the one out in the field typically getting stuff done. Or even if you are at the point where you're in, in the office doing stuff, it's not like you're just, I would imagine you're not just sitting in the office all day, every day doing nothing. You know, you're probably doing a whole bunch of different things, you know, answering phones or turning emails or at the very least communicating with your team you know, and going out in the field when you need to assist with certain things like that versus just sitting around waiting for phone calls or making phone calls that are not even really as relevant as you would want them to be. Of course, insurance is important, but, um, you know, you're probably more focusing on sales and customer service and things like that, uh, and, you know, bidding things and so on. So, you know, the insurance person, she's able to, that is her job to communicate with the insurance companies and the insured, you know, the, all the small businesses, the customers and so on. So, it's easier for her to have to hash that out with the big insurance companies and be on hold for 20 minutes if, if that's what it comes to and stuff like that. Um, so it really comes in handy. And, and I found her by calling around in the, ver- in the very early days to different insurance companies, you know, on social media, I think YouTube, Instagram, probably both, you know, people have, I would either ask a question or bring it up on a video or something and people would comment and respond their their suggestions different different companies you know like farmers allstate you know some of the big big ones that, that you guys probably have all heard of from commercials on the tv and stuff and then anyone locally they might recommend some local places which is helpful as well so you just have a variety of options as well as you can just you know google things and, and look up stuff on your own which is what i did as well and and through the process one of the big companies that i had called i asked if they you know uh, were offered workers comp um, and either they didn't, and they said, no, they, they either didn't offer workers comp period, or they didn't offer workers comp for like contractors, like for my category or something, you know, maybe it was just other things, like I said. Um, and, but she did recommend somebody that, uh, could help me which, which is pretty cool. And, and, and I guess that's how it all works, right? Like, you know, insurance brokers, again, whatever they're called, um, you know, they, they, they work hand in hand with these big insurance companies. So they end up, you know, getting referred they end up getting referred just, just as much as they refer people to the insurance companies. So um, that, that's how I got connected. Welcome to another Toro Tuesday. This week, I wanted to focus on the Toro Multiforce D-Thatcher. So the D-Thatching attachment, I've also used this. This is a, a great um, add-on service or almost like a, a specialty service for your turf care clients. Um, it's great for spring cleanups. It's basically what it is. If you don't know uh, what even what even dethatching is, there's different machines that you can get for dethatching, powered machines, and it's basically like a big power rake, which just um, um, automatically instead of going, you know, walking around the the whole lawn with with an actual rake, you just get a machine that you can walk back and forth like a mower or an aerator or any of those kind of heavy duty walk behind machines, and it just does the raking for you. It just has tines that power its way through and kind of dig up any of the, the, uh, the debris, you know, leaves, little sticks, um, 
thatch, which is why it's called dethatcher. Thatch is just broken down plant material that just eventually kind of breaks down and creates like a little bit of a barrier, a layer um, just above the soil down at the bottom of the grass blades. And what happens is when that gets too thick in some areas, which can happen for various reasons, you know, if you're not cutting the grass properly and mulching up the grass clippings properly enough and it just, just accumulates, you're not blowing it off or cleaning it off. It eventually just gets matted down and it, it chokes out the grass. It prevents nutrients like water and, and air and sunlight and fertilizer or anything else from going, getting down into the soil because it just sits on top of that thatch and ends up just breaking down and absorbing into the dead thatch, which does no good for anything. Um, and like I said, it eventually kills the grass because it's just not getting the nutrients that it needs. So you'll start finding different patches throughout the lawn that are dying off. And, and a lot of that is because of thatch. And there may be other parts of the lawn that die off for other reasons, you know, maybe the neighbor's dog or people walking by their dogs are, you know, uh, relieving themselves on the lawn too many times, not people not cleaning up after them and so on. And that, that too much of those kind of bodily chemicals, you know, will burn the lawn or someone spills something, you know, too much fertilizer or weed killer or gasoline or anything. Um, or it's just, just, you know, dries out, you know, you just didn't do a good enough job watering, you know, certain sections of your lawn, or maybe, uh, you didn't know the sprinklers weren't facing the right way or we're just off a little bit. So it wasn't completely getting the full coverage in a certain area that you needed. And that grass dies off either way, whatever the reasons are that the grass may die off also without thatch, then that becomes thatch, that dead grass now becomes thatch. So all the dethatching methods are great ways of getting rid of all that thatch so you can expose the soil or just kind of clean up that grass area so that you can get nutrients down in there, whether you're fertilizing, you know, uh, like I said, air, sun, water, all that, just getting all that cleaned up. So doing this in the spring is a great time to really freshen up uh, the turf and get it ready to, to green up and bounce back quickly. Um, so it, it, it's just a great spring cleanup service. I've started offering this for my lawn care business. So now having this attachment for my Toro Multiforce makes it so much easier because I don't need to rent or buy a separate machine. I can just put this attachment onto um, the front of my, my Toro Multiforce and I can just go back and forth, basically raking the lawn. Um, so it's really helpful by using the patented the patented uh, tines um, that, that come down and you know, make contact with the, with the, the ground. And it just, like I said, lifts the thatch without damaging the healthy turf grass. It combs the matted grass, gives the lawn a clean hand raked appearance. So it's just one of those things that you can add on as a service. It's really helpful. I would say every lawn, you know, uh, similar to aeration will benefit from, from dethatching. So, this is a great attachment that you can use. It's very easy um, to use. It also folds up like the leaf plow so that you can store it easier when you, you know, drive the mower back into the trailer and so on. Um, and it, for all the visuals, as always, go ahead, if you want to see what it looks like and uh, potentially see it in action and so on, go ahead and click on the link in the episode description for Toro.com. That'll take you there fast. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1,500 to 3,500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. 
You're going to love this. The Ramp and Dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com, and, of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the Ramp Rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. Just as much as they refer people to the insurance companies. So um, that, that's how I got connected um, with, with, with this, with this uh, person so that I could try and figure out what's the best insurance company. And she, you know, she had a, a few different ones that she had worked with that did well for contractors and that had changed over the years. So like there was one company that I had for a couple of years and then she found another company that, you know, actually offered better coverage at, at, or better price as the other company. So, I don't remember if I was saving money, but I was definitely getting more coverage for the same amount amount of money or something like that. So she was able to you know walk all that through with me, and and uh, just, it all made sense so that I could switch and do whatever I had to do. And she helped me with that whole process. And this is what you have to do. Here's the paperwork I'm sending you. You have to fill out this, this, and that. Make sure you fax it, you know, to me, and then I'll take care of it and all these kind of things. So it's just just really helpful to have someone like that that can assist you. And most recently. Um, you know, all the years that I've had workers comp and had team and everything, I've never had any employees like report or, or, you know, injure themselves or report that they injured themselves on the job until recently. And, um, it's just really handy, really helpful to have someone walk you through this whole process. You know, like what, what can you do? What should you do? What are all the ins and outs, you know, which she broke it all down to me, you know, like, you know, employees have 30 days. Um, to report to you an injury, uh, like some, some things might not be as evident, like if you're not even on the crew and something happened, you don't, and someone wasn't, you know, didn't report it, you didn't know about it. Um, they have 30 days to come, to come to you and report it or to whoever, whatever their, whoever their leader is, you know, crew leaders and so on, they can report to them and they, then that's their responsibility then to report to you. Um, or if you are working with them, you know, maybe they like pulled a muscle or, you know, twisted their ankle or something, but you didn't see it happen. So and you just didn't really notice it was an issue and they didn't say anything. You know, maybe the next day it was really bad and they had to call out from work and then, and, and that's why. And they tell you whatever, you know, you know, whatever the scenario is, 30 days can go by before they decide to tell you, um, you know, that something happened at work. And you as the management, you know, as the manager, as the leader, you're supposed to document it as soon as you know about it, you know, whether, whether you see it happen or you're told about it, you got to get all the information, you know, what happened, the date, time, you know, the person obviously that happened to anyone else that maybe witnessed it and, and and then what happened, you just document it, you know, there's specific documents that, you know, every insurance company has to fill out. Um, You know, this is different than filing a claim. You just want to document whatever happened first. And then, you know, it just kind of go, it, it, there's some different variables about filing it. You know, you have more time uh, to file it than 30 days. Um, but you know, it all depends. It, it, are they going to seek medical attention? You know, if they, if they do, then that's a whole another thing. Then you definitely want to file a claim. So this way the insur- your workers comp can cover it versus you paying for it. Ultimately you're still kind of paying for it, right? Cause you're paying workers comp um, every year anyway, but, and then, of course, that's going to increase your premium if you do file a claim. But the whole point is to protect yourself and your employees. Like if you didn't have workers comp and they had to go seek emergency medical attention, then it's really expensive. And even if they just went to see 
a doctor or somebody um, just just to kind of like double check and make sure they're okay or what whatnot. That's obviously still costly. So in some cases, it could be a lot more expensive out of pocket with no insurance than if you had workers comp that covered it. And then there's all kinds of nuances with that. If you've ever submitted, if you've ever used insurance for yourself, like health insurance for, for being sick or if you injured yourself, it's thou it's it's like so many thousands of dollars for some of these appointments. And and if you ever look at like your whatever it's called, bill of something or whatever, you know, the insurance company will always send you, you know, something that breaks down your visit or visits in that month, breaks down all of the, the, the services and the costs that the doctors or hospitals asked for and then what the insurance actually paid for and then what you owe and not what you owe because there's a difference between what the doctors asked for and what the insurance companies are paying, but a difference of what ultimately the, your insurance covers period. And then, you know, what, what you might still be liable for based on deductibles or this or that, or whatever your insurance policy is, obviously in some cases you just had to pay a copay or something. And as long as it's up to a certain amount, the insurance covers the whole thing. So that's where insurance can really come in handy. So instead of having to dish out thousands of dollars or get on some payment plan or something to some hospital or doctor's office, you just had to pay like a $20 copay or $50 copay or whatever it was. And, and, and the insurance company just takes, takes care of the rest, you know, and you're, you're paying however many hundreds a month or something for that, which of course, in hindsight, o- over a course of 12 months, you know, you're paying thousands of dollars to, to this insurance company. So they're technically just kind of using your money that you've already paid them to pay for anything, any, any, uh, claims. And, and if you never claim anything, you never get hurt, you never go to the doctor. Well, then they're just making money. They're, they're taking your money and investing it in stuff, just like banks or whatever. That's, that's the whole game. But at least you have that insurance to ensure that you will be covered in case you hurt yourself or someone working for you hurts themselves and they're not stuck dealing with some epic medical bill. You're not stuck dealing with some epic medical bill. That's the whole point of insurance because that could totally derail you know, your business, your life, of course, and, and all that. So if, if some, if it, someone working for you gets hurt working for you, then they should not be liable to, you know, um, pay for all their medical bills unless it was, you know, their fault. Technically. I mean, if, if you did every, there's always usually like, uh, always, usually that's an oxymoron, right? There's usually, uh, some sort of an investigation based on different, uh, different things, factors, and it's, you know, they kind of figure out, like, was it the employer's fault or was it the employee's fault? You know what I mean? If the employer did everything that they could, you know, to to keep this person safe and the person just, like, blatantly didn't follow any of the safety guidelines or rules or, or forgot or whatever and then injured themselves, well, that's that's on them, you know? Like, and so now they're, they're not going to, then they're going to have to cover their own medical bills, just like as if they weren't at work and they made the same, you know, a careless mistake at working around their house or something or whatever, you know, playing pickup basketball with the, some friends and they, you know, break their ankle or something or twist their knee. I mean, that's on them. They have to go get that taken care of and, and pay for it themselves versus if they do it at work and it's not something that, you know, that, that, or and it's something that could have been prevented by them, not you or the employer. But anyway, at the end of the day, like my biggest concern is the employers. I just want to make sure that if someone does get hurt working with me, for me, I don't. I don't want them to be feeling like this is a terrible workplace, and they're going to be stuck dealing with all their medical bills. Like I want to make sure that they know that if it was a, you know, if it was truly an accident and not an act of negligence, you know, um, on their part, if it was truly an accident, and especially if it's something that I did wrong as an employer, like not 
going over training properly or not keeping a safe work environment and you know all all, all the above so on and so on then i definitely want to make sure that i'm doing the right thing so again that's where workers comp comes into play but at any rate you know n- nothing major happened but you know just um you know sm- a small injury that you know, you never know, could turn into something bigger or whatever. You, you just never know when it comes to that kind of stuff. So you always want to make sure you, you have all your ducks in a row. So I just texted, you know, my insurance contact and she told me exactly what I, what I, what I could do, what I should do. And basically it's up to me. I definitely sh- ha- should at least document what happened so that I have my, um, you know, my, uh, my side of what happened, you know, that the date, time, you know, what, what transpired, you know, for that to happen before, during, after, you know, all the, all the basic, you know, key events. And she said she would send me, you know, a form to fill out, which would be helpful. And then obviously some more documentation in the event that I do decide to file, like if they go see a doctor and things, and I need to file all that so that, uh, the insurance company could potentially, you know, reimburse that employee. And then my premium would probably go up because I'm filing a claim and so on. But at least my, my employee would be taken care of and they would continue to come back to work because they know that it's a, it's a place that, that cares about them and wants them to get healthy and, and wants them to get back to work as soon as possible and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's ultimately my, my main goal. So it was kind of one of those freak things. It wasn't like anything that anyone could have done wrong. So I'm not even sure if they would even be covered um, if they do go see a doctor. So it's just kind of like, you know, one of those things, but they have, like I said, up to 30 days to, to, to uh, claim that and, and, or let, to let, you know, well, not there to let me know, like, it, you know, I was there when it happened, but they have up to 30 days to kind of go above and beyond, you know, go see a doctor, that kind of thing. And, and, uh, and take it, you know, a little bit further if it needs to, and then we'll just see how it goes from there. But in the meantime, at least I kind of know all the steps, what I'm responsible for. I want to make sure that I'm doing my due diligence. Like I said, I want to do everything properly again, for my retail management days, that's that's that was a thing. So I'm probably just kind of programmed that way from from that experience. Like if anyone, you know, there's a heck of a lot more work injuries um, at, in retail. You know, they were not they're usually minor, but still, you know, just things like oh, you got to had to get someone an ice pack or this or that or you know, like any little thing. You know, you give someone a band aid because they got a, a a paper cut or something. You know, um, you, you still have to. Put it. You have to uh, create an incident report. It was called, or, or something like that. You know, so that it was on file. So that in the event it turned into something worse, you know, bigger. You know, their finger got infected or something. Now, you know, like they had to go to the doctor and get all kinds of meds pumped into them to kill the infection on their finger and all this stuff. Like, well, guess what? Now the company's probably going to have to pay for that and be liable for that. You know, unless something else you know happens, they deem that it was their fault or whatever. But. You, you, as the managers, we always had to document everything and then corporate took care of the rest. But, you know, in this case, you are corporate most likely, right? You, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast anyway is big enough that they've got a corporate, you know, that takes, unless you work for a corporate, you know, uh, landscaping, like a, a bright view or something, a Rupert or something that has corporate and they have HR and, and all these different, um, positions, different, uh, spots that take care of departments is the word I was looking for that takes care of a lot of these things above and beyond, you know, on the field kind of level on the, at the local office level. But those of us that are, that kind of do everything, we're the owners, operators, or we're the owners, 
with crews and a team and all that, we're, the buck still stops with us, and we may be the only ones to be filing all these things and filling all this stuff out. We might have an office person that we can ask to fill out, hey, you know, Tommy um, hurt, hurt, hurt themselves, you know, nothing major, but can you just, I just told him to go come see you at the end of the day so you can fill out a report so we can just have it all documented, you know, like, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, like, obviously that's that that's that's helpful if you have that person too. But ultimately, it's pretty local for all of us talking about it. So it's it's going to be us, you know, doing that stuff. And uh, you know, we we just we should we should take care of, of our team and make sure that that they are being taken care of and so on. So of course, there's other things like vehicle insurance, right? If you have guys or girls, if you have folks driving your vehicles, you know, they're a crew leader, or you just have them helping out, you know, driving around doing things. Like maybe they're not a crew leader, but you have multiple trucks and or trailers and some jobs are bigger and require multiple trucks to pull up for different setups. Like one, you know, dump truck pulls up or a truck with a dump trailer pulls up and to the job. And then another setup that has the equipment, you know, open trailer or enclosed trailer being pulled, you know, um, with the equipment for that, for that job or a, a box truck or something, you know, that has all the equipment in it. Either way, it's, it's hard to fit all that stuff into one setup. So typically when you have the bigger projects, like say you're doing mulch and you're pruning the, all the shrubs first, and then you're putting down mulch and, you know, maybe you're cutting some grass while you're there too. And you're just kind of doing the whole full service, you know, spring, spring, um, startup type deal. Maybe it's a new client and they just need all these things that need to get done and grass is starting to grow as well. And you just want to get it all done. You know, you want to have multiple setups in a lot of cases. Uh, so you're not going back and forth in the same day or coming back in a different day. Like, Oh, we're doing all this one day. You go back. And, and that's, that's fine too. Whatever works for you. I know a lot of solo guys do that. They get everything prepped with one setup and ready to go. And they either come back later that day or they come back early the next day with a totally different setup to then finish whatever needs to be finished with the right tools and, you know, dump trailer maybe or whatever it is that they need to haul away or unload material to finish the job. So, you know, in, in those cases, you don't necessarily need a crew leader, right? You just need someone that is hopefully competent, like all of your team members should be, but is able to, you know, has a, a valid driver's license and is a, cause which not everyone has, right? Some people get rides to work and all this stuff. There's all different scenarios and, and they're still great workers, but you obviously want to make, you know, make sure that, that they have a valid driver's license and they can pull a trailer or drive a dump truck or whatever it is. And they can just help you drive these things to the sites, you know, and then you guys get all the jobs done. So they don't necessarily need to be a crew leader, but insurance should still be a thing. You got to make sure that you have the right insurance on the right vehicles, like commercial versus personal uh, or business versus personal, whatever the insurance company classifies it as, you know, uh, if it's a crew leader, someone that's going to be regularly driving that vehicle day in and day out for you, then you need to add them to a, a, a driver as, as a driver on your policy. You know, if it's someone that's just kind of helping you out in a pinch, you know, like it's employee that you don't even know if they're going to be still be with you for very long or, or whatever. You know, what I mean, as we know, people come and go all the time. So uh, I know there's a lot of folks that are super skeptical like that. And there's a lot of corners that they'll cut, unfortunately, um, be, to kind of waiting to see, you know, how the chips fall. And if these people even stay before we give them a work shirt or before we do this or before we do that. And it's like, you know. Similarly, when it comes to, uh, which, you know, I'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole. I don't necessarily agree with that, um, but that's to each their own. But uh, when it comes to like people driving your vehicles, if it's just someone that's just hopping in, you know, every now and again to maybe move something around, you know, or just bring, maybe they have to 
uh, they're dropping something off at the mechanic for you, or they're picking something up, or they're, you know, driving something to a, a, a job, you know, property with with you and, and another setup or something, you know, that's kind of temporary here and there. And my insurance company anyway told me it's, you don't have to worry about it if it's just once in a while. If they're going to be driving the truck regularly, then yes, you want to add them to your policy. But of course, consult with whatever insurance policy you have to get all the ins and outs. Um, but I know like, you know, say like your your spouse or somebody, they could just hop in your vehicle and just, you know, drive, drive it to the mechanic if they need to or something like that or take it to the car wash and surprise you. And technically, they're still covered even if they're not listed as an insured driver. But most of us probably have all of our family members listed as insured drivers, um, you know, on our family plans. Or, but like, you know, I don't have my kids listed as an insured driver of my trucks, of course, because they're never most likely ever going to drive any of my trucks. But, you know, like when it comes to my wife's vehicle, aka the family vehicle, like, you know, listed drivers is like me, her, and, you know, my kids, or at least my daughter, um, you know. So so this way, in the event that somebody did happen, they are listed as an insured driver. But worst case scenario, if somebody did, like you could just ask a friend, you know, or a neighbor, like, hey, can you do me a favor and move my car um, out, out my driveway, or can you, you know, take it to get gas or help me get it to the mechanic or whatever, you know, whatever random, you know, um, temporary ask that you, that you have, you know, they, they, they are technically covered, right? So, um, under your policy without them necessarily being an insured driver, uh, but you listed, but you, of course, like I said, you want to make sure you follow all the, all the rules of your insurance company or auto insurance company and make sure you do the right thing. Because in the event something does happen, they get in there and they crash into something or somebody, then that's going to be worse for you because you don't have insurance to cover it. They're not covered. Now you're paying, you know, out of pocket to fix this BMW or something that just got plowed into or, or whatever, rear-ended or something, you know, so, or side-swiped. So you just want to make sure that you're covering all your bases. So I'll kind of wrap this one up here. I know it, it definitely went long for what we were talking about, I'm sure, but, you know, that's just how I go. I just kind of just go down all these rabbit holes and get into all the details and the nitty gritty. But I felt like, you know, this was, well, it was relevant to me because it just happened. So I wanted to share, you know, a little bit of my experience, you know, nothing major, but just kind of like a, Hey, just make sure. And, and, you know, I, I have everything that, that I need to have and I did everything that I needed to do. And really the benefit of all of this was just the fact that I had someone to go to. I didn't have to do the research on my own. I didn't have to Google, okay, now what do I do in this situation? I didn't have to, try and contact the insurance company itself and spend a lot of time dealing with that, trying to figure out what to do. You know, I had the middle person, you know, she was able to help me out and, and tell me exactly what I needed to do, what I could do and all that stuff. Um, so that we can, I can go about it the right way. So that's, that's clutch too. If there's anything else that if you're, if you're listening to this whole episode that you can get out of this, if, if you're dealing to, you know, if you're dealing directly with an insurance company and everything's fine, then that's great. But if you've had issues before or you haven't even um, approached the idea or, or you're trying to think about, you know, getting ready for finding insurance company for different things, whether it be workers' comp, general liability, all the above, you know, it might be helpful to try and find the an insurance broker or whatever. Again, I'm not even sure if that's really what, what, what their name is. Hold on a second. Let me look this up. Okay, got it. I just looked it up. So it, that is a thing. Insurance brokers. That's what I have. The difference between insurance agents and insurance brokers, 
Um, insurance agents represent the insurance provider that employs them and helps sell policies from that single provider, where insurance brokers represent the consumer, you and me, who use them and can help uh, who, yeah, who use them and can help them shop for policies from multiple providers. So it's just really, you know, like I said, it's, it's helpful to have a broker because they have, they, you know, there's variety of insurance companies that they work with that they can help you find the right company and the right policy for you, as well as when you have any issues come up, like, like I just had, you can contact them and, and it's a lot, usually a lot easier than trying to deal with the insurance company itself, dealing with an insurance agent from the insurance company. I'm sure they're very helpful too, but it's a little more technical and things like that. And I, I just, I've just had lots of good benefits dealing with an insurance broker. So if anything, if nothing else, it's all about this, this episode was kind of really focusing on having an insurance broker and kind of everything surrounding that whole thing and why it's necessary, why insurance and, and, uh, um, you know, paying your, your payroll taxes, that's a huge deal. You know, if you have payroll, uh, business taxes in general, you obviously need to pay. I mean, those things will come back to bite you in the butt, right? Um, you could, you know, go years and years without paying your taxes. And eventually the IRS, depending on how much money you're making, you know, that the IRS is going to eventually figure that out and come knocking on your door and it's not going to be good, you know, and, and you might have to, you know, go bankrupt you know, or something like it's going to be a lot of back taxes, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars of back taxes that now all of a sudden you have to pay and, you know, with penalties and all and interest and all that stuff when you could have just paid it every quarter like you were supposed to in the in the beginning, you know, find a CPA um, if, if you are not comfortable with that or your spouse doesn't do anything like that, you know. Um, they, they can definitely take care of all of that tax type stuff, you know, and there's a lot of bookkeeping software and bookkeepers out there that you can get to help you with this stuff too, which is, you know, getting all your books in line every quarter, meeting with you, talking about what you need and, and, and what you should probably do and how your business is looking and, you know, expenses versus uh, revenue and your profits and all that kind of stuff. And, what you can claim, what you can't claim, what what your tax situation is looking like, and and have everything ready so that the CPA who actually does your taxes, you know, can take care of that. Or if you're doing them yourself, you know, at least you'll have a bookkeeper that can keep it all um, organized. I mean, you could be doing all that yourself too, which is a lot. But you know, if if you are a savvy, you know, some people are are, are more savvy into that kind of stuff, and they're just kind of more bookkeeping minded people, and they can do all that. But I know. A lot of us business owners, we're just all about getting the work done. And the last thing we want to do is be fiddling around with bookkeeping and accounting and all that kind of stuff, taxes. That's why it, it pays to invest in those types of things, software and people to uh, keep those kind of things organized. You know, CRM, you know, uh, or like a service autopilot, for example, to handle all your invoicing and estimating. There's tons of reports there um, so you can help with your bookkeeping, right? You can see all your monthly revenue and all that stuff, and you can really get in the weeds with it and um, do all kinds of different stuff that you can uh, utilize that for. And QuickBooks is great for bookkeeping and as well as invoicing, of course, but it's it's not really conducive for the type of invoicing that we typically do in the lawn and landscape business. But on the fly, you can still use QuickBooks if, you know, just to generate some basic invoices if you needed to. But I mainly use it, and I think the majority of people that use QuickBooks is for the bookkeeping software, and that syncs up with a lot of other CRMs like like Service Autopilot. You can sync uh, your QuickBooks to it, so that way every single time you invoice someone every month or you know 
in the, in the moment, if it's just like a one-off thing or whatever your structure is for invoicing, it automatically syncs with QuickBooks. So it's, it's keeping track of your books in QuickBooks. You know, all the invoices are all being generated and then your expenses you can enter into QuickBooks and you can just kind of manage all that that way without even technically having a bookkeeper. But again, the more you do and the bigger your business, the, the, the more work that kind of becomes for you. And it is definitely helpful, even if it's just your spouse that maybe is, you know, kind of good at that kind of stuff or wants to learn how to be good at that stuff to help you out. Maybe they want to work, you know, um, you get big enough that they quit their job if they had one and they're, and they're working for you, with you, you know, and for, for the business with you, you know, and that could be helpful. I know that's what my wife does a lot too. She, you know, she still has her own job and everything, but her field has always been uh, bookkeeping and accounting and all that. So she's always helped with payroll, which is what I also use QuickBooks for, and all the bookkeeping that she was certified to use through her, uh, one of the companies she worked for, for many years ago. So that was helpful as well. So, you know, not everyone has that situation. So you just might have to find someone that is good with bookkeeping and QuickBooks and all that stuff. But all, all these things are just, they're not fancy, they're not pretty, they're not sexy, like I said, but they're all things that need to be addressed and taken care of. If you're brand new and you're just starting out by yourself and you you know have a handful of lawns or maybe you got 20, 30, 40 lawns, you know, you really want to make sure you're 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 getting a handle on this kind of stuff. You want to you're going to, you know, especially if you want to grow, you need to get a handle on this stuff sooner than later so that you can really make sure that you are not shooting yourself in the foot and having to go backwards and try and figure all this stuff out after the fact. Just Get ahead of it now and start doing some research and start getting into it and, and doing it the right way as soon as you can. So that's ultimately, I guess, the moral to this story, this 40 some odd minute episode just going on and on about, you know, these things that aren't that aren't very popular to talk about. But they're very important. You know, it's the, we're, we're in the new year now. So let's let's try and uh, put our best foot forward. And if we haven't been, let's let's make 2023 that year that we do that. So. Hope you guys are, are getting after it out uh, and uh, planning for 2023, you know, review 2022 and you're going through all that. I know that's what I've been doing and I'll be talking to a lot of other folks that'll be doing uh, that do the same thing and we'll kind of share all their tips and tricks and, and feedback as well. So we can just all, all get better and, and be prepared for 2023 so we can crush it. I think it's going to be a much better year than the past few years for sure. I'm looking forward to it being the best year for me. I mean, last year was a good comeback from, you know, COVID 2020 and 2021 was really a crazy, the craziest year for me because, you know, like it's, it's like kind of like uh residual from 2020. It's like the after effects from COVID really started to hit in 2021 and things just got really out of control. Um, so last year, 2022, like I've discussed on, on a previous episode, was a real uh, a, a year of second chances, you know, comebacks and just trying to recover and rebound from all the chaos the previous couple of years. And now I'm looking forward to 2023 being more of what I was used to back in 2019, really gearing up to keep growing my business and enjoying things a little bit better and and um, things just kind of going a little bit more according to plan, uh, according to my plans that I wanted, that I had for my business and, and, and myself personally. So I'm looking forward to that 2023. I hope you guys are too. And you have big plans or just any plans. You don't always have to make big plans every year, but hopefully you're, you're focusing on something and you're trying to move forward and, and keep making progress in some way, whether it be small or big or all of the above, just always try to keep growing and keep moving forward in some way. So Hope you guys are getting after it. I will catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you guys for listening as always. And thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. Until the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. 
This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.